today on Mother Mayhem. Your kids are getting to that point where they're about to go off in the real world. Your 18-year-old may already be off in the real world, and they need to learn how to deal with difficult people too. So modeling for them how to have these conversations and how to navigate these tricky people, well, you're giving them a life skill, and it's going to feel super uncomfortable and super awkward. That's just not a reason not to do it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mother Mayhem, a narcissistic abuse recovery podcast for daughters. Today, we have our first listener-submitted question, and I am so looking forward to helping her in just a bit. But first, I have to take a moment to thank you for supporting this show. I am recording this episode in the third week since I launched this show, and so far, three Thousand of you have pressed play on an episode, and I don't mind telling you that I am pretty gosh darn proud of this. But what I really wanted you to know when you hear that number is that you're not alone. Now, I'm not advertising this show <laughs> with a whopping 36 followers and counting on Instagram and less than five followers on TikTok. It's pretty fair to say that I barely have a social media following. Since I'm not advertising this, what this means for all of you is that you found me through search. 3,000 of you have been hurting and searching, and it hasn't even been three weeks yet. Think about that and what it means for you. This show, it's crazy niche down. I have deliberately not played it to the masses, and still, you found it. Think about how many people had to search for narcissistic abuse or maternal narcissistic abuse in just three weeks in order to find this show and tune in. There was a lot of you in this time looking for this exact kind of help. And while you might be feeling wildly unfamiliar to yourself at times, and you probably experienced so much of your life thinking that no one could possibly understand you are listening to this right now in the company of other women who have been there too and are there too. And that is the exact reason why I'm doing this. While you press play, that is why I pressed record. This is the exact reason why I'm doing this, to decrease the isolation that comes from surviving something that not many people can talk about, maternal child abuse. You're not alone, ladies. Women listening are in it with you just as I am. Today, I get to help Amanda, and Amanda isn't her real name. But Amanda, as you listen to my response here, I really hope you feel the company of the women listening with you, relating to you, and rooting for you. And I am really, really grateful for your bravery and your vulnerability and being the show's first share. And I hope to do right by you. I, I don't mind saying that I'm a little bit nervous here myself. Just as you put yourself out there and sharing your question, I feel like I'm putting myself out there a little bit more and sharing my response. But this is exactly what I've been wanting for this show. And as you all listen to this episode, if you guys too have this hurting spot and want my two cents on it, I hope you'll consider sharing it with me. 
I'm always going to leave out that identifying information and I will leave out anything that you ask me to. But you have this standing invitation to send in an email or a recorded voice memo to me over at heather at daughtersnpd.com. If you don't have a question, but you still want to find a way to support this conversation, I'm just going to take a second now to ask you um, to consider leaving a review. A lot of hosts leave that information out to the end of the episode, but you might have already stopped listening by then. But if this show has been valuable to you, please do consider sharing it with a woman who might need to hear it or letting your own social following know about it. Together, I think we're starting to see that we're just at the beginning of something and building this community of women from the ground up. Thanks so much for being in it with me. Now, on to Amanda. Amanda, we're in it with you, sister. So here's what Amanda had to say. I started listening to your podcast last night, and I felt sick and I was shaking. Not because it was bad, but because what you are saying resonates so much with me. Thank you for doing the podcast. Growing up, I felt so alone, like I never felt good enough and trying to please my mom and everyone around me, trying to be perfect, but never reaching it. So your podcast is really important. It helps me know that I'm not alone or weird or strange and that it isn't my fault and that a lot of the fallout in my adult life is from this. I've spent my life in debt to my mom because she sacrificed her life for me, because she gave everything to me to bring me up as a single mom, and I have been led to feel guilty for even being alive. A couple of months ago, everything came to a head because I stood up for my children. The way she was treating my younger children just wasn't okay, and I wasn't going to let it happen. She, of course, didn't like this and started to verbally vomit at me about how I don't value, appreciate, or respect her. It was all very horrible and traumatic. But her behavior wasn't acceptable, so I wasn't going to back down. She ended up cutting off my kids, my husband and I, and this truly broke my heart as my mom is more or less my only extended family. I did try to call to make sure that she got home safely, but she wasn't answering the phone. I left a message, but she only responded by messaging my husband and telling him how horribly I behaved. These past two months, she has not been in contact, and it hurts every day. I haven't contacted her because of how toxic she is for my mental health, but it isn't easy. Being a mom isn't easy, and I know that, but I want to heal as I'm sure that it will make me a better person, a wife, and a mother. I try to be the best mom I can, constantly letting my children know that I love them as I grew up feeling unloved and with separation anxiety, which I still have to a certain extent. The worst thing is that since her last visit, although my mom hasn't been in contact with me, she's been texting my older two sons who are 18 years old and 15 years old. And this has just made me feel so betrayed and so hurt. I can't tell them who to talk to, but sometimes the things they say, I know they're my mom's words. Any suggestions? Oh, Amanda, this is, a, this is a lot. This is so much. And I think a lot of the women listening to you are going to relate to what it feels like to be on the receiving end of the silent treatment. 
It's a narcissist's favorite tool because it works and it wields a lot of power in its silence and in offering connection with your kids that she isn't offering to you. Well, that's just your mom twisting the knife in her treatment of you. And of course, this is going to hurt. Oh my gosh, of course it is. Navigating the confusion that comes with figuring all of this out, what to say to your kids, what to say, if anything, I know that's adding a lot of pain to your situation. First, I want to recognize you and I really hope you're recognizing yourself for setting the boundary with your mom. It's not an easy thing to do. And as you know, it, it comes with so many feelings of second guessing and doubting yourself. I want you to know that I think you did exactly the right thing even though it didn't quite get you the result you might have been hoping for. So often I think that what I find in my relationships and in my interactions with clients is that so often women will do for their kids what they're simply not able to do for themselves. As a kid, it was probably really hard to find your own voice against your mom. So her treatment of you reigned throughout childhood. That guilt tripping, that sense of responsibility, all of it reigned throughout your house. And in calling her out now in your adult self and in protecting your kids, you're changing that pattern. You couldn't do it for yourself at the time when you were a kid. Maybe you felt more powerless, but now as a mom, you found your voice. And I think it's so great that you did. I don't imagine it feels like you thought it would. And it must feel like you're getting punished for doing exactly the right thing. But being on the end of the silent treatment can be really dysregulating. Having this feeling in your body right now where you're almost disconnected from your body. You might feel the disconnect in your breath. You might find your breath a little bit dysregulated. You might be finding it hard to concentrate. And you might even be struggling with sleep. When this happens, it overtakes our whole lives sometimes. And this might have you feeling like you're pushed into this constant corner of fight, flight, or freeze, and you're trying to find the next steps that are best for you. I get it. And what I always say is first, we have to get you in control of your body before we can get you in control of what it is you want to do and how it is you want to respond. So in situations like this, I really focus first on grounding techniques. If you are feeling dysregulated in your body, this is a situation that often calls for regular and consistent deep breathing. You might find that you have to do these deep breathing exercises a couple of times a day. And when I say deep breathing exercise, I'm talking about the kind of deep breathing exercise that starts right at your toes and moves up the front of your body, including over the tops of your arms into the top of your head. I really like it when people do this in a grounded position, preferably like on a hard floor or in a chair sitting upright or on your bed, but any place where you can feel a pressure point. So you want to think about it as being able to feel the pressure point at your heel, at the back of your legs and your calves, your butt muscles, the, your lower back, your shoulders, the back of your head. You want to feel 
grounded to the ground in these moments of intense body dysregulation. So if you're taking that breath, you're taking it from the very tips of your toes in this grounded position, you're feeling all the points of contact with the earth or with the chair or with the floor or whatever it is, and you're feet taking that breath over the tops of your toes, the tops of your legs, up over the tops of your arms, over your belly, up your neck, and then it's going to get to the top of your head. And hopefully maybe you're closing your eyes here, but you're letting that breath just sit for a second and hold it for a beat or two. And when you let your breath out, imagine the breath going down your back, down the back of your head, the back of your neck, the back of your shoulders, down your spine, past your butt, past your calves, past your toes, your heels, down the backs of your arms. And you might have to do this I like five times. I think people often recommend 10 times. And I think sometimes 10 times can actually be too much and almost dysregulating for some people. I like to shoot for five. And if you could do this two or three times a day, I think it'll help you really calm down your central nervous system. But here's what we want to get clear on. Not responding to your mom's silent treatment is the exact right thing to be doing. Just because you're dysregulated doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. Silent treatments are acts of aggression. Silence is violence. And that act of aggression, well, it's happening inside your relationship. Your mom is choosing to be aggressive in her relationship with you. By definition, she's showing you in her silent treatment that she's wholly incapable of participating in that relationship with you in any kind of way. So I would absolutely continue to encourage you not to engage with her, not to have a conversation with her, and not to seek her out in case she comes around. Because someone who's engaging in that passive-aggressive, which isn't quite passive, by the way, but that passive-aggressive technique technique of manipulating you inside a relationship, she's showing you with her limited skill set that she's incapable of actually having a conversation with you. So trying to would just be a setup and failure. We're going to talk about ways of responding if and when she comes back around in just a second. But next, I want to jump into your question about managing her contacting your boys and hearing that she's been in contact with them, even though she isn't talking to you. From the context of your letter, I think that these aren't the same kids you were originally defending your mother from because you define them as your younger kids. Now, I really hear you and how you felt hurt and betrayed by the notion that she talked to them, but not you. But first, I want to assure you here that that isn't what that was. This isn't a story of her deeming you unacceptable, but finding your kids totally acceptable. She isn't loving your kids, but not loving you. That isn't what this is. Your mom chose a manipulation tool to get a response from you when she chose the silent treatment. Talking to your kids isn't about loving them. It's just another tool she's using in her arsenal that she's using to manipulate you. It has not nothing to do with your kids. And as a reminder of things I've talked about in other episodes, a narcissist isn't really capable of love. These actions aren't about her loving them, but not loving you. This isn't an example of her choosing not to love you. 
This is an example at her attempt to control you, manipulate you, and pull your strings. Your best resource here is not to engage and don't let her win at controlling you. However you're feeling about her or her choices and her treatment of her, don't give her that. Don't let her know. Your feelings are none of her business and she's only going to use them against you. She's going to weaponize them. Also, don't tell yourself a story here that your mother's so hurt or so betrayed that she simply can't stand talking to you. That isn't what this is either. You didn't do anything wrong. What this is, is your mother's attempt at controlling the narrative and of trying to maintain her power. The kids you mention here are older, and I'm going to argue that they're capable of hearing some of your truth. I'm also going to argue that they're deserving of the truth. Now, you don't have to lay out this whole sordid tale for them or share with them all of the ways that your mom has failed you, but I do think that they're old enough that you can start sharing some of your truth. And if you're hearing them say hurtful things to you that they're getting from your mom, I'm going to remind you here that your mom forfeited her right to privacy and polite consideration when she started playing dirty. If you're hearing your kids echoing her comments, you know they got them from your mother. And it's okay to say something to them. It's okay to talk about it. Sometimes we don't always know what to say. I think I've shared on the show before that my dream job would be, if this was like a Googleable skill, um, something you could Google would be giving people the words for hard conversations. Nobody speaks, before I do this, nobody speaks in this personally perfect developed way. I don't even speak in this <laughs> personally developed perfect way when I'm all hot and bothered with things. But I want to give you the words, or at least the idea of words you can say in this situation so you can feel a little more confident in having the conversation. Because I find that a lot of people, they're not skipping conversations because they don't want to have the conversation. They're skipping the conversation because they don't know what to say. So I'm just going to give you the sample script you can use as a way of connecting with your boys. So if you heard your mom's comments coming at, the, at you through them, I might say something like, wow, that really hurt me. I heard you say X and gosh, I got to tell you that just feels really bad. I love you very much. I love both of you very much. But if I'm being honest here, that doesn't even sound like you at all. It kind of sounds like my mom. And I can't help but wonder if these are really your words coming at me or if they're maybe my mom's. You might even continue by saying, I'm sad that you wanted to say something so hurtful to me. But since I know my mom's been talking to you, I really want the opportunity to talk to you too, if you'll allow me to. I know parents don't like burdening their kids with their feelings and they don't like putting something on their kids. But your mother already did this. It is already out. Now you're trying to help yourself navigate this and you're trying to help your boys navigate it so you might like continue saying something like and be honest with them put it out there be transparent about it and you might continue this whole conversation with them and you might say something like at first I thought the right thing to do here was to just keep the conflict between my mom and I and I would have kept doing that except now she's reaching out to you and I'm worried that she's giving you a version of events or a story about me that could impact my relationship with you. And you and I may have our problems from time to time, 
but I want them to be our problems, not a problem you have with me because of my mom. You've heard me talk on the show about transparent communication and talking clearly to people and telling them what you want them to think so you don't have to be worrying about what they think. This is a really good opportunity to practice that because here's where you might say something to your boys. Here's what I want you to know. My mom said something to your younger siblings that I felt was X, Y, or Z, and it made me feel or think or worry about A, B, or C. I worry that your siblings would D, E, or F, and because of this, I asked mom to stop. She found my reprimand kind of offensive. She hasn't been talking to me for two months, and I accept this, and I accept too that she's talking to you. I just want you to know that you will always have my permission to come to me with questions, and I will always tell you the truth. I will always be truthful with you. It's not like me to ask you to choose sides, so I'm not asking that of you right now. However, I have to be honest with you. I am worried that if you're in the middle of me and mom, that this is going to be divisive for all of us. I really care about our relationship. My relationship with you kids is my most important thing, and I want to keep us all talking about this so we can figure our way through it together. I know, Amanda, this is a lot of words, <laughs> but what I'm modeling for you and talking about and giving you a sample script for here is a sample conversation, a way of being so transparent in your conversation with your kids that you're telling them exactly what you want them to know and exactly what you want them to think. So then you can let go of worrying about what they think. They may still come up with their own version of events. They may still have their own story but you're giving them the facts they need from your perspective so that they can make their own decisions. And I know that not everyone is going to be all perfectly scripted, but I want you to hear in this that it's really okay to speak your truth. I'm strongly encouraging you to speak your truth, and I'm just giving you an example here for how to do it. And I want to remind you that you do not have a responsibility to protect your mother from the natural consequences of her choices, not telling your kids what's going on and they clearly know something is going on is only going to lend itself to secrets, misunderstandings, and hidden resentment. In being this transparent, you are choosing to take care of your kids and you're choosing to stop taking care of your mom. And I am a fan for putting it all on the table and talking crystal clear so everyone knows what they're dealing with. And I am with you in thinking that you don't want them to cut off the contact or stop talking to her. If you set some kind of boundary with them on this, they're old enough that they're going to make up their own minds and their own decisions. And also too, like not for nothing, your kids are getting to that point where they're about to go off in the real world. Your 18-year-old may already be off in the real world. And they need to learn how to deal with difficult people too. So modeling for them how to have these conversations and how to navigate these tricky people, well, you're giving them a life skill and it's going to feel super uncomfortable and super awkward. That's just not a reason not to do it. So stick with truth telling. Your truth is on your side. Telling them only what they need to know to have the information they need to have and answering the questions that they have 
that's a really good place to start. But should their disrespect continue, I'm really going to feel for you in this, but it'll mean that your mom has engaged in a smear campaign. And that, for the moment, well, shoot, it's going to feel like she's winning, doesn't it? A lot of women listening to this with you are going to be all too familiar with a smear campaign because they'll have been victim to one themselves. For anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say smear campaign, a smear campaign is another manipulative tool that narcissists like to use. They do it to tarnish someone's reputation and credibility. It usually involves spreading false rumors, lies, and negative information about you with the intention of damaging your image causing others to doubt you, causing others to reject you. It's this whole attempt to control the public narrative of the conflict or situation that might be brewing between you and your mom. Smear campaigns are like this toxic whispering campaign where your mom strategically is sowing these seeds of doubt. She's creating division and she's seeking to isolate you from your support networks. So the aim in all of this is controlling the narrative, manipulating other people's perceptions around what's going on, and of course it's going to leave you feeling confused, hurt, and socially separate. You want your people to see you the way they've always seen you, and suddenly when your mom's words are coming out of your kids' mouths, of course that's going to be super dysregulating. And there's always a lot of advice online and in these self-help books when it comes to smear campaigns. You're often going to hear the advice that you have to stay calm, don't engage, and often in these conversations, especially the ones that get oversimplified on social media, you're told to look for the people who stayed. That supposedly means that the people who are going to show you who they are when they hear the gossip about you and whether or not they believe it, whether or not they come to you and ask for your side. And the idea easily gets spread on social is that your people are showing you who they are by how they respond to your mom's nonsense. And in theory and on the surface, I have total buy-in into that. And I believe that too a little bit. I do believe that if someone's gossiping about you and someone's hearing something they don't like about you and they value their relationship with you, they should absolutely be coming to you and asking you for your side. And does it show people's limitations when they don't? Of course it does. But if your mom is smearing you and people believe her without checking your story against what they know about you or without talking to you, that does say a lot about them. But these are your kids we're talking about and your relationship with them matters. So yes, of course we need you to stay calm here. And we don't want you engaging with your mom at all, because like I said at the beginning, she's showing you in her silent treatment and her smear campaigning that she's wholly incapable of adult, mature conversations. But of course, you want to give yourself permission to reach out to anyone directly involved. You're still staying clear of your mother, but of course, anyone who's important to you, you're going to want to talk to. And when it comes to communicating with people about that smear campaign, you have to recognize that these are really hard and painful conversations. So you are only having them with the people who are worth having them with, who are worth the work of having the conversation. And then again, I want you to remember this is you in control of the narrative. You only have to share what you're comfortable with sharing. 
and it's okay not to say anything. So Amanda, however you want to talk to your kids, however you want to talk to anyone else involved in this, they're your words. And if you don't like the words that I'm outlining and you don't, and you like think about it, and it really doesn't feel consistent with you to tell your kids this much information, it's okay that you don't. I'm just giving you permission to do it if you want to. Sometimes you're not going to use all the words. Sometimes you might be saying something as simple as, you know what? Yeah, as mom has told you, she's not happy with me in the moment. And I'm not going to respond to the things she's saying or defending myself. All I'm going to do is tell you that I hope you lean on what you know about me and your relationship that you and I have to know what your own point of view is. And as you imagine, this is embarrassing to me and this is painful. And I, I have to tell you, I would prefer not to say anything more. That's how you're going to respond to the smear campaign. That's how you're going to talk to your kids. That's how you're going to talk to anyone else that your mom might involve in all of this nonsense. But now what the heck do you do if she comes back, right? First, I am going to remind you that you always have a choice as to whether or not you let her come back in any fashion whatsoever. We haven't talked too much about going no contact on my show yet, and that's a little deliberate on my part because, first of all, I think I still have some trust building to do with you ladies, but also, too, it's a super tricky, hard, and personal choice, and it's often a journey to getting there. And in order to get there, y'all have to do some narcissistic abuse recovery work. And that's what I'm trying to do in these episodes of the show. We're only a handful of episodes in. So yes, we're going to be talking about no contact. However, if she does come back, a way of getting back in the driver's seat of this conversation is really to remind yourself that you're in control. Letting her back really is your choice. She may try to skip this entire ordeal. She may pretend that this isn't happening. She might gaslight you or the whole situation or even imply that it's you who stopped talking to her. However she comes back and whatever she says, this is an opportunity for you to look at what your boundaries are with her now going forward. What are you going to tolerate? What won't you tolerate? What are the conditions, if any, that she's allowed any more contact with you or your younger kids? You get to say what happens next. Spend this time of her not talking to you, getting clear on what your natural consequences are going to be if she crosses any of your boundaries, and prepare yourself for the likelihood that she might cross that boundary in the first 10 minutes. A lot of narcissists make that choice. And your mom, well, she's clearly testing you here. In this time of not talking to her, you have time and space to really think about this and decide ahead of time where you stand and where you land with all of this. I'm also going to encourage you to use this time of silence to take care of yourself. I would take a time to make note of things people, places, activities, situations that bring you pleasure, that bring you joy and give you energy. And I would start to make a concerted effort at accessing those things and allowing yourself those things into your life as much of them as possible. They're going to help aid you in your healing. I want to remind you too, if I haven't said it on the show before, that trauma dehydrates your body. So 
anyone who's listening, if you're struggling with trauma, PTSD, or body dysregulation, drinking extra water is going to help you. So will getting more sleep because as you can imagine, dealing with narcissists is pretty darn exhausting. The other thing I would check in with you about here is who are your people? Do you have a support system? And I would consider including them in what's happening and allow them to rally around you. And if you're a super private person and you don't talk about these kinds of things with your people, I think it's also okay to just tell somebody like, hey, I've been having a stressful couple of weeks. I don't really want to talk about it, but would you mind sitting with me over a cup of tea or coffee and just keeping me company for a little while? Or would you like to go out for a walk? Maybe I could use some help in distracting myself. You can lean on your people through this. I am really glad you found this show. And of course, I'm like, I'm so grateful and, and complimented, honestly, that you found support here. And I want to keep offering you the support of the show, as well as the whole community of listeners we're building here. But I also know that this isn't any replacement for your own personal therapist. You've been managing your mom for your entire life, and there is a lot of pain and trauma for you to unpack. And I have to be honest with you that it deserves more attention than this episode allows. A childhood that you had filled with this idea that you owe your mom something, not that you even believe it anymore, but maybe you do, but she certainly did her, gave it the old college try to get you to believe in this. And the story that you're somehow indebted to her because she was a single mom, that is a story and a life and a childhood that is really raw. And it's really painful. And I imagine so much of all of that is coming up for you now as you see it play out with your kids. So in addition to listening to this show, I really hope you're going to consider getting your own therapist. What happened in your childhood, Amanda, with your mom is trauma. But I have to be really honest with you here. So is what is happening right now. She's actively traumatizing you now in her silent treatment and her smear campaign. So please do be very, very gentle with yourself. It is not normal to be moving through your world one day and suddenly start to hear your abuser's words coming out of your own kids' mouths. It's not normal to be ostracized for taking care of your own kids. And this is a lot, and you were managing a lot, and you have been holding a lot for months now. So please, please do go gently with yourself. Lean on the idea of ease and take one thing at a time. And know too that so many people who are listening to this episode have been there with you and they're in it with you now. Amanda, thank you so much for reaching out to the show, for your vulnerability, and for really allowing me this opportunity to help. And to anyone else listening, if you're in a situation and you want me to help you the way I've helped Amanda, I'm really going to invite you to write in, send in that email or recorded voice memo, and I'm going to offer my perspective on an upcoming episode of the show. Thanks to all of you for listening in on this conversation. Please do send that positive energy to Amanda, and please recognize all of you that you might be feeling alone, but there are women all over the world who are in it with you, and I am too. Bye for now. I'm so grateful that you're here. You're right where you're supposed to be. 
At its heart, I'm hoping to use this show to build the community of women working together to heal from childhoods marked by maternal narcissism and emotional neglect. My goal for Mother Mayhem is that this show becomes an advice and mentoring-driven show where you share your questions, struggles, and stories, and I offer you direction for healing and recovery. That can't happen without your contributions. I invite you to send a recorded voice memo or write in an email with your questions and things you're struggling with. You can always find me over at heather at daughtersnpd.com. To connect further, I invite you to find me over at Instagram and occasionally on TikTok at daughtersnpd. If you know another woman who needs this conversation in her life, I'm going to ask that you share the show with her. You can help me get the word out with your reviews and social shares of the show, and I hope you'll consider doing so. Special thanks to Heather Clark for editing this show. She's in my head and knows what I meant to say when the words come out backwards. Thanks for your time today. I'm always in it with you. Bye for now.